Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. I'm so excited for you guys to listen or watch this episode. We are talking to Danny Cassell. You probably know him as Cool Man Coffee Dan. He makes these incredibly sweet, uplifting, joyful and beautiful, crude little animations. Not little animations, they're major, but they're little, but they're big. You'll see if you don't already know. Uh, on YouTube, on TikTok, on his Instagram. He's blown up recently and he's got a new book out called Your Special Advice for Humans. It's a beautiful animation book slash self-help for people of all ages. He's just so delightful to talk to. Uh, We talk about how he made his first YouTube channel at 12 years old. He was at the first VidCon uh, and he gives great, great, great advice on uh, building a brand online, following your heart, following your art, uh, you know, resisting burnout, taking care of yourself. So many great little nuggets of wisdom throughout this episode. And we get to hear about um, a disaster that happened at the Natural History Museum. It's all here for you on this episode of Not Too Deep with Cool Man Coffee Dan. <laughs> Are you drinking a Red Bull? Yeah, you know, I didn't have time to get iced coffee. I you I never have to. Reed. You don't have to make any excuses. I love Red Bull. I'm drinking coffee, but because I'm out of Red Bull. Um, but it, isn't it crazy that everyone thinks it's like so shameful? <laughs> I, I I listen. I'm still on the fence. Just because I'm putting it in my body, I'm still on the fence here. I, I sometimes it gives me that weird heart. Yeah, like skip, and I'm like. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I like that. It tastes great. It tastes like candy. It tastes like um, candy. And sometimes it tastes like, like liquid, like how I imagine nickels would taste if they were melted down into mm, liquids. The best, <laughs> the best currency, the nickel taste. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The underappreciated <laughs> coin. Uh, I feel, yeah. I definitely feel like uh, if we get a little bit of the Red Bull branding going and we like mm-hmm. say like, Hey, like tastes like nickels. Yes. Energizes you. That's where it should be. That's where it should be going. Exactly. That's some sort of element that I guess we all need in our bodies. Anyway, Danny, enough small talk. Let's get into big, big talk. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you um, and also just see your face because I don't think many people often see your face. You do a great job of of, uh, not posting that out there in the world so much these days. Now, I want to know, because you are multifaceted, uh, how do you describe the work that you do? For sure. I, you know, the thing that, uh, that really gets me stoked about being an artist and like putting my face like last, you know, my art speaks first and the characters kind of speak for themselves Yeah, is that's kind of a testament to how powerful these characters end up being to so many people around the world. And it's like, okay, dope. Like, my main character is this naked, you know, cat thing who like <laughs> kind of dances around and he preaches his main saying is you're special, mm-hmm. uh, which people need to be reminded of. Yeah. I have another character who's just a blue blob. His name is Blue Dude. He reminds you of the little happiness, the, the, the things that we might miss in the day to day that bring us so much joy, the smell mm-hmm. of bakeries and stuff. So all these characters in my animated universe represent me and the different sides of me you know sometimes i feel Mm. blue sometimes i feel a little more uppity and special like but these characters for so many people around the world kind of regardless of like culture and language uh is a source of like happiness and joy and i'm like okay 
wasn't the plan. This all <laughs> happened by accident, but I'm happy that uh, this is where it all ended up. So this wasn't the plan. You say this all happened by accident. I'm so curious as to how that developed, because in doing a bunch of research about you, you started your YouTube channel when you were 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who let you do that? <laughs> I yeah, I I've been on YouTube since 11 or 12. Okay. Um, I was doing domino toppling videos like Perfect. in my parents' basement. I got up to 500 subscribers back I in mean, the day. I that's mean, that's incredible big. and also what a sweet niche as a preteen. I know, <laughs> I know. I remember walking around the hallways of 5th grade and just being like None of these people know that I have 500 <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. And it was a special feeling, you know, because nobody knew or cared what YouTube yeah. was back then. I mean, you you know this. I'm preaching to the choir. Like, you've, you're an o YouTube OG. Like, you've been doing... Were you at the yeah. first VidCon by chance? I was not. I bought a ticket for the second VidCon. I remember watching videos of people speaking at the first VidCon. And like wanting in on that community because I felt yeah. like such a um, like outsider in like community based activities and right. seeing that this was like a sweet world of people just trying to figure out how to express themselves without judgment and with only encouragement. Um, right. But you OK, you start at 12. You're making these domino videos and then you start getting into some stuff where you, if you go back in time, you look like the third member of Smosh. And you're... Hell yeah. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I get that. I got that a lot. Uh, third member of Smosh. Uh, but mm -hmm. they're like good looking guys. Like, yeah, I, they know. speak to the era and the genre yeah. of uh, what was happening on YouTube at the time. But you were right. making videos that were... You can see like your comedy start to develop. You can see the things that start to inspire you. But then in, is it 2017 is when you have like this big viral hit that kind of changes everything for you? That was, that was the beginning of the whole animation sort of chapter in my life. Um, and it was a video called Snakes Have Legs, which mm -hmm. I really didn't plan to blow up to the degree that it did. But um, to date, that's my most viral video. Like, wow. yeah, like hundreds of millions of views, or like every corner of the internet, repost after repost during like the most politically charged summer of my life, you know, yeah. and it was a sort of pseudo political comedy piece on like fake news and why mm -hmm. you shouldn't believe everything you read on the internet and how the internet is an amazing tool that can be used for amazing things. Like you said about the, you know, VidCon. I was at mm -hmm. the first VidCon, by the way, I was 14 years old. Um, <laughs> Again, uh, who is letting you do all of this? I have really cool parents. I have really okay. cool parents, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it was kind of like, I guess, an accumulation of, I've been trying to go viral for about 10 years at that yeah. point. Never really happened. I had really core audiences, but this video struck a chord with so many people around the world because they all could relate to it. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't even humans acting in the video. It was colorful, yeah. cartoon, blobby characters. And then that's when I saw like, okay, that was wild. What would happen if I made another animation? And mm. that one did really well as well. And that's when I kind of realized like, okay, I think this is what I'm, I'm doing now. Interesting. So where, because when you look now in 2021 at all the work you're doing, like you said, there's this undertone of positivity, 
of self-care, of, you know, just uplifting in very simple and not necessarily preachy terms. Was there a point where you made that a conscious decision to infuse your artwork with that sort of messaging? So it wasn't until a few months later, the the snakes have legs video is what made me realize that this could resonate with millions and millions and millions of people. And yeah. meanwhile, I was making this in my bedroom, you know, my classic with five <laughs> other dudes in a small yeah. apartment in Brooklyn, New York, like <laughs> uh, just super lo-fi type. Uh, it wasn't even truly animating. I was like, drawing on um index cards with like a sharpie and then like taking a photo of that on my phone sending it to my computer wow. then like masking it out in final cut pro and like <laughs> definitely not adding <laughs> the way it should be doing like people would ask me like how do you animate i'm like you don't want to know like you should not do what i do at all it's horrible but it you know forced this unique style that i guess people really liked and um it wasn't until a few months later where I had like maybe 50,000 followers on Instagram and a little bit of an audience there that uh, have been following my, my stuff for the past few months. And I was still going to college. I had like class later that day. And I remember mm. this was the morning after the Las Vegas shootings in 2017. Okay. And I was super rocked by that. I was like, this is spooky, such a horrible feeling that, you know, a nation goes through when something like that happens. And I was at the gym, you know, on the treadmill. I just remember all the TV screens just playing over and over again, like the coverage of the event. Oh my God, the, the tragedy is so horrible. And I was like, I feel like I have to say something. Like it was mm. the first time I had an audience. I, I say it was like that first Spider-Man moment for me where I was like, I have some power here. Let me use this for good. It's like responsibility. Yeah. So let me do something here. So I went home, I had this like, blue blob character in my head, the blue dude. Yeah. Um, and I just made this video about, Hey, like, here's a thought, even though a lot of bad things happen in the world and there's bad people, it means the world is most, it, it doesn't mean the world's all bad. It means the world mm -hmm. is mostly good. And we forget about that sometimes. And, and he talks about the reminders, the simple reminders, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the first taste of watermelon in the summertime, smiling babies, uh, the smell of bakeries, that feeling when your crush says your name. Yeah. Um, all those little things that we kind of overlook and we forget about and we focus on the tragedy because that's just what the news cycle does, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But look at all the beautiful little things. Look at all the happiness that surrounds you. I end up missing class because I needed to get this video out there. Yeah. And thank God I did because when I posted that it immediately it went to that like astronomical sort of level and reach where you could tell a lot of people were starving to hear that. Yeah. And, um, it even bumps to just like the, uh, outer layer that I wasn't prepared for where people who maybe were outside of America and maybe not informed about what happened at the time were applying it to their own situations, whether mm. they just got broken up, you know, they just got cheated on or something right. or, or there's a bully at school. And they were like, my God, look at this beautiful, simple little creature reminding me like, Hey, bad things do happen. That's a fact. That's a very realistic fact. Yeah. But we can't forget about all the little beautiful things that happen day to day to remind us that the world is mostly good. That's when it really, that's when I realized like, okay, this whole animation thing is bigger than I think 
Mm. Um, I realized this, this has this mental health aspect to it now where so many people can come and hang out with my characters and get what maybe they don't get from other people in their lives. Those little reminders that they're yeah. special, they're loved, the world is good. Unfortunately, some people don't have those people. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people around the world, these characters is that somebody. So mm. I'm, I'm very thankful that it kind of, it kind of just rolled with the punches and it ended up coming out that way. Yeah. I mean, that's incredibly beautiful. And like you said, totally necessary. And sometimes people don't realize they don't have that in their life until they hear it and they realize that right. that's been missing. Now you develop these characters. How do you develop them? And are there characters that never made the cut? That's an interesting question. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I because feel like they're also like amorphous and but also specific at the same time so i'm curious if you're like just looking at animals and drawing them and being like which one speaks to you yeah i you know one could argue that the years and years of, of my notebook doodles in mm. school middle school high school college like those are all the scrapped characters that never came to be because <laughs> i really would just doodle and like it became a necessity part of my day, especially in class, because I'm just, you know, Red yeah. Bull coffee. I'm a tired guy. I'm just sleepy <laughs> all the time. Like, so they, they became like, you know, I was just freehand stuff and it would keep me awake and engaged. And I think it probably helped me listen a little bit too. But the, the whole idea of like, do I sit down and come up with a character? I don't think I do. I think mm. it's like, I just, like sometimes it comes to me like with the with blue dude like i just saw this blue blobby figure yeah in my head and i was like it'd be cool to explore this a little bit um the first video ever that that blew up snakes have legs i just saw this like snake with a pink background in my head that was before i even had a narrative or a punchline i was just mm. like let me sketch this cute little snake out with a pink background <laughs> the narrative always came later Oh, okay. And, um, I think it's just like that doodle mentality where you just don't know what's, you know, the, the plan is until your hand hits the paper. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of artists can maybe relate because you just kind of, you just freehand that shit and you're like, yeah. see where it goes. Follow and your intuition. in many ways, intuition. Yeah. It's just yeah. In, in many ways, that's like the most authentic way to come up with a character because totally. it's just like that direct stream of consciousness, you know? Totally. And the, well, the interesting thing about it, too, is that, like you said, it started very lo-fi in the beginning. And now you've built a successful business off of this. I'm curious, at what point did you realize, like, okay, th there's something here. Um, I should get a little professional about this and not just kind of wait around for inspiration to strike and then just throw up a banana peel being hilarious every now and then. Like at what point yeah. did you make a concerted effort to run a business in this world? I feel like a week ago. Okay. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm just, I'm constantly like, what's well, I'm happening? Just, I'm picking your brain. I'm like, give me all your tips. You seem like you've yeah. got it figured out and I need oh, some help boy. right now. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely don't. I'm, I'm, I am rolling with the dang punches. Like yeah. I, I, like I'm, I'm waking up every morning. Like what the, like what, how is this happening? I'm not entirely sure what's on my to-do list today. I got a call with like penguin publishers for a crazy book. what 
Like none of it makes sense. Right. But I'm happy it's happening. I always like, I always thought that my art would somehow bring itself to a goal. I mm. kind of was just standing by the sidelines. I always knew that maybe if I kept drawing characters and kept having fun with art yeah. and just creating and, and getting the, these ideas down on paper and making, you know, videos, I always felt like they would find their home and find a path. I really didn't have a clear cut goal. I didn't know this would turn into like this cartoon universe where right. there's this main cast of characters that so many people love. And there's this book coming. Like I didn't have that master plan. I wish I like, I'm not, I'm no genius. I kind of just got lucky. I think that's actually really refreshing for people to hear that like creating these characters, you're still following your intuition on where your career leads you and saying yes to the opportunities and not sitting behind the scenes with this like one year, five year, 10 year plan situation and making sure everything hits every single goal that you have. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's definitely like, there's angles to stay organized. Like Mm -hmm. I, I I would have like a one year plan or like a five year plan. Like here's where I don't want to be for sure. Like in five (laughs) years, I ideally want to be like living on my own and like being Mm -hmm. able to pay my bills with art. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the small goals that I guess seem small in retrospect, it's like the, the first bill that I was able to pay with, you know, my Instagram video, my animations was, was huge. And now like so many years later, that, that seems like a small thing, but it was huge when it happened. Yeah. And it's sort of like the validation along the way. I I love keeping organized with like just writing day to day to do lists. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like, here's everything I I should really get done today. The feeling of crossing it out on physical paper. That means a lot to me. That helps me. You know, joy. It's not the same. You can't like the tap on like the calendar on your phone. Yeah. It's not the same satisfaction level. Yeah. Um, but also I always thought like having that little bit of like business intuition mixed in with the art really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very fortunate that, you know, my, my parents are uh, very uh, business savvy and they were oh, like, Hey, helpful. like, don't like put all your eggs into one basket. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to go like be a painter. And they're like, well, okay, that's great. But like, do a little bit of that, do a little bit of this. Mm. They look out for you. They want to like, really like make sure you don't, you're not a starving artist. Yeah. Yeah. But also along the way, I found out like, Hey, maybe I could be a painter. And now I am a painter. I have a lot of uh, paintings floating around the fine, fine art market. right now. Cool. But it was like really just kind of like, Get, getting one goal and then reassessing and being like, hey, if I did that, if I was able to p- pay that first rent bill mm-hmm. with my work, with my creativity, what could I do next? Like, mm. could I maybe get a million followers? Could I maybe like start writing what a book could be? Could I maybe cool. like collab with Diplo? <laughs> like all these all things the, happen, you know, these are what like, every artist has as the top three on their list. Yeah. I was just like, what, like, how far does this go? Like how much fun yeah. could I have with this? And it continues to get weirder and wilder. And I feel like that's the story for a lot of uh, yeah. creators. It's just like the bar keeps rising and you just kind of keep going with it. It seems like the way you're describing it is like how I imagine painting a picture is, is that you add strokes and then you step back and you look at the whole thing. 
And you say, like, what is this turning into? And then you touch it up appropriately and then you step back and you look at it again until it forms into something, you know, closer to whatever goal it is that you have for it. It's like very Bob Raw. uh, It's like no happy accidents. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, no happy. Wait, no only happy accidents. Yeah. You know, I, I should have prepared for that quote if I was going to drop it. <laughs> no, you're saying the way you are misquoting it is itself representative the of the accident. quote. Yeah. Yes. That's a mistake right there. Wow. Uh, well, he would have been proud. Okay. We're going to take, uh, we're going to let everyone marinate on that quote for a second. We're going to take a quick <laughs> yeah. break. And when we get back, I have, uh, guess what? A million more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not To Do. Cool. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. I'm entering my late 20s, so I'm freaking out. Um, I mean, I don't know what sure. to do. That's it. It sounds like you've never known what to do. So yeah, you're yeah, on no, track. It, we're winging it. We're really winging it out here. But uh, late twenties is a weird age. I don't know. It's like nothing. It's just nothing. It's um yeah. You can already rent a car. All the major milestones have been hit. The next one's thirty, I guess, which really doesn't mean anything. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the energy, I guess. Like it only I, gets better. But yeah, no, people just say you stop giving a shit at 30. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So give all of your shits now in the 20s. Right, right, run, right. Run your anxiety meter backwards, forwards, up, down, sideways. Um, what doing. Yeah, really, <laughs> really indulge in the depression, uh, peak with the anxiety, high highs, low lows. And then in yeah. the 30s, you'll kind of middle ground a little bit that's what the red bull's for that's exactly in the anxieties that's red bull's slogan i believe truly truly you know the sip speaking of which would you like to feel something even if it's pure panic drink red yeah. bull just pure well, unwanted adrenaline at 9 p.m on that note actually question for you um because now that you're like a very successful business brand etc and you're working now with other brands i'm always so curious about how content creators approach working with brands. Do you have like um, a system in place or like a a checklist that you keep in mind or like goal brands that you'd love to work with? Or do you just kind of vet them as they come through of what makes sense for you? Yeah, you know, they've been relatively inbound the past few years. They'll hit Mm -hmm. me up. um, Mm -hmm. And a big one being Samsung. Worked with them a ton, have done some really cool things with them. Um, did some really cool stuff. I did a whole original series with Wix, cool. uh, where, uh, I pitched them this idea that they loved. It was a four part series where is aliens, uh, crash land to earth as okay. they do. Classic. And their ship is broken, their spaceship. So they kind of hole up in this barn on this random farm to okay. 
create a plan, they end up saying, Hey, we're going to start a rock band to raise the funds <laughs> and fix our ship so we can go home. So they start like a Wix website and they market themselves. And it was oh, like fun. a super like authentic, organic sort of integration yeah. um, where people were like, this is the best ad I've <laughs> ever watched. And it was just like these blobby aliens, like, you know, just yeah. using a computer and like, they put a Craigslist ad for a bandmate who ended up being this like middle-aged human who just like joined along and he was the drummer. So like cool, cool opportunities like that do come along. And I got my manager and I got my, you know, my, my whole team uh, representation team are really great people. And they, they know that the art and the creativity is first. So there's no sacrificing or like, um, you know, like having to like, uh, put like art over here and make sure like the brand logo is like right. slapped. It's like, no, like the art is what speaks is why we're yeah. here. So like, let's make sure it's there. So I'm really grateful that I have those sort of people that, that know that, you know, that's important, especially because the brand that you've built, the authenticity behind it is the the voice and the messaging and the characters and literally the art. So to sacrifice any element of that people would be like he sold out <laughs> what's exactly. he doing exactly and you'll get the sellout thing regardless people like to say like hey like oh my god like there he is he's drawing on a samsung tablet like oh my god what a, it's like dude like i'm literally drawing my characters <laughs> on this piece of technology yeah. that just so happens to be samsung because they're like really excited about working with me and i'm excited about working with like People will always judge. And it's like, that's why that's, I think a lot of creators are scared to do that type of stuff because there's always going to be those types of people out there. But as long as you're staying true to yourself, Mm -hmm. I think that's the golden ticket, you know? Totally. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the book that's coming out, your special advice for humans. How, um, first of all, you kind of mentioned before, oh, look at that beautiful book. I, I just got it. Yeah, just... It, it looks, I've seen your videos of you like <laughs> flipping through it. It looks like an actual piece of art itself. The, what was the like translation into a book form from these characters and these, you know, animations that you made? Like what was, what can people expect from this book? I always thought my characters would perform really well in print, you know, mm-hmm. like slapped on a page one look at like my Instagram feed or my TikTok feed, you'll see like it's a bunch of bright uh, yeah. pastel colors, easy on the eyes and mm-hmm. simple characters, thick lines, um, you know, like simple expressions, two yeah. eyes and a mouth. Like I always, always, always thought like this would be really cool to kind of express um, some of these stories and, and emotions that we're exploring in these videos in a book because the attention span on, you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of platforms are shorter. So yeah. you do have like, I always played in that 60, 30 second sort of range, yeah, which caps it off. You know, you got to like think of that punchline or that story that kind of you could fit in there with a book. It's this is 12 chapters of hanging out with these guys, with these characters and, and really getting to know them a little better and, and kind cool. of diving into the, the world a little more right at the very start of the book, the naked main cat character, Spesh, short for special, he's like, hey, thanks for picking me up off the bookshelf. It gets really lonely up there. And it's quite literally him, like talking to you, talking to the reader. 
Um, and then he kind of goes along and takes you throughout this journey through the woods where he bumps into other creatures. And, mm. and he's the one is like a self-conscious turtle. Another is a <laughs> robot who lost his arms. And it's like, we unpack these lessons with these characters. You can't do that in a 60 second video. You can't even do that in like a 10 minute YouTube video. You got to yeah. like sit down, snug up, you know, get real comfy, hot cocoa type vibes and, mm -hmm. and enjoy like this, this weird ass adventure with a bunch of cute, cuddly characters and hopefully learn a few things along the way. That was, that was That's what great. got me excited when I'm, when I'm like, you know, exploring the book category. Yeah. It seems like it's a book for adults and kids. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. You can't put an age on like, you know, learning shit, like, <laughs> true. or like feeling good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole, like, you don't want to like, it's, it's bright, colorful characters, of course. And a seven-year-old will be able to flip through the pages yeah. and have a great time and have cool. a few laughs, but so will a 37 year old. So will a 77 year old. Cool. There's a whole chapter that covers like a deep, deep concept around loss, like death, Ooh. where a robot, the robot who misplaced his arms yeah. is very sad because he had so many good memories with those arms. Yeah. And the characters talk him through that emotion and they're like, hey, like, take the time to grieve for sure. But uh. also make sure you celebrate those memories that you had with your arms. He's talking about how his arms were like <laughs> master chefs and they always told really uh. good stories and there's a bunch of funny visuals around that of Great. the flashbacks. Um, but that's the lesson that's driven home in that chapter is, is make sure you celebrate the memories of that loved one that you lost, because if mm. you don't, it's like, Hey, like you wouldn't have gotten that chance to love at all. You should celebrate yeah. that, that you were able to do that. So, uh. uh, you know, and then like the chapter after that is, is a whole chapter about like the right way to make a bowl of cereal. It's bowl <laughs> first, then cereal, then milk. And if you do it any other way, you're a psychopath. <laughs> So, great so um, it balances out okay wonderful yeah. it's not it's not just consistently deeply profound the entire time it's yeah <laughs> it's a little bit of everything and like the, the kids that, that pick it up and look at the robot they may not get that sort of deeper meaning maybe they will if their like parent explains it but it's meant to be at face value you go as deep as you want to go sure. into it you yeah. know what i mean i think that's the fun part oh that's so exciting um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. I have First to get book. into, uh, the, I have two questions. I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. Cool. So we're going to get into those. The first is who alive or dead would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Wow. Cold spaghetti. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good question. That's a good icebreaker. Yeah. It's, um, it's, um, people with this question go sometimes incredibly deep. Sometimes. Wow. Not deep at all. I, I have a really big crush on Sofia Vergara. Okay. Um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if I did that, she would like appreciate my confidence mm. and it might be a good conversation starter. Um, yeah. and how funny would it be for us to tell our children? <laughs> that's how we met. Like this random guy just comes up to, and to mom, throws physically assaulted spaghetti. her. Well, well, it's not hot spaghetti. Let's right. not get ahead of ourselves. It's cold spaghetti, which is a very important detail. Yes, you know? absolutely. So it's, it could be viewed at as like like uh, just 
Yeah, no, it's straight up assault. (laughs) (laughs) But who knows? Maybe that's her love language. You never know unless you try. It works because I'm Italian. Maybe that's how we express our love. You just throw spaghetti. Like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom. <laughs> Holy shit. Or like a, literally, or like yeah. a bathroom emergency situation. However, you can wow. only you can only use three words or small phrases to describe the situation. So, hmm. for example, mine is yeah. college jogging front lawn. I see. I see. I see mm-hmm. how this game works. Yes, very, yes. very. Yeah. You really get to know someone. Um, yeah. Without them having to tell the whole story. So let's see. New York City. Okay. 2015. Okay. Natural History Museum. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those dinosaur bones really get your bowels moving in certain ways. <laughs> You know, it, um, <laughs> there's a joke about extinct. Yeah, extinct, there you go. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, it was like, it was a bad, it was, I, there was no like <laughs> disaster. It was just um, a complicated moment. It was, it got scary. I was scared. <laughs> yeah. I was like, in like, well, yeah, like I was like looking at the big whale and I was like, that this thing. is bad. This is scary. <laughs> This is, I gotta go. Um, yeah, and all it does is create more of a fever dream experience. Uh, yeah, you're like trying to find it, like, and you're like asking the security guards, and they're like, "Oh, uh, it's past the cavemen," and you're like, uh, I, "I don't, don't know." Like, what wing like, is that? Yeah, and then there's like monkeys that kind of look like early humans, and you're like, "Is this the caveman?" I have yeah. no idea where I am. It's really scary. You don't know like what, what type of squid this is. Is this uh-huh. near the bathroom? Yeah, nothing is complicated. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's the worst place. Uh, truly, uh, we haven't had a tale like that uh, that I remember, but no follow-up questions. That paints okay, enough of a picture. It. That's um, it. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get into the section called Deep and Hot, where I ask you a deep question that we have prepared for you and ask for your hot take on a kind of a topic that we've prepared for you. So, Great. Deep question, question one. How do you feel about taking a shit in museums? Yeah. I, I think it's you. Sh- everyone should take why don't they turn the giant whale into bathrooms? I don't yeah, get yeah. it. There's plenty of space there. Why not? Okay. Deep question. Because of the type of art that you put out, it feels like you're really there for people. But who's there for you? Ah, very nice question. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm very, very close with my with my parents, my, mm-hmm. my mom and dad. Um, and they were definitely always there for me as I grew up and kind of went through the trials and tribulations that come with, Mm. um, being a creative in a small town, especially being sort of the odd one out, feeling like I wasn't, uh, fitting in, uh, feeling aimless in in life in some, uh, parts, you know, going to, Mm. going to college and feeling very unfulfilled. Maybe this is not where I was supposed to be. My, it was my mom actually who suggested like, Hey, what would happen if you took a year hiatus? I'm like, oh wow. Excuse me? Like, she's like, yeah, take a take a year off. Parents and are allowed to like, suggest that. <laughs> it was wild. Like I said, like, like, you know, they they were very, very cool parents. They want That's the awesome. best for me, but they also they they're willing to explore. And I took that year off, and that was the year where I made my first animation that cool. blew up. And uh 
So definitely my parents. I'm, I wouldn't be where, where I'm at without them. Do you um, watch anything? Is there anything online that you like are obsessed with watching that's like a comfort watch for you? Or like mm-hmm. what, I guess, do you do anything specific for your own self-care? lo-fi beats to chill and relax to um (laughs) it's such a cliche like uh uh sort of uh pop culture thing right now but it's it's oh my god putting on those those streams on youtube where you're listening to lo-fi music i i I honestly think it it birthed this uh uh, this where i'm at in my life right now like i started listening to it in like few years ago, like 2016. Okay. I think when a lot of people started listening to that and it's just like calm playlists that make it seem like everything's is okay. You could listen Mm. to it when you're studying, you listen to it when you're sleeping, you put it on in the background. I find that music like that without, um, lyrics, it's just instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really calms your brain and you're able to almost like apply your own uh, context onto the instrumental. It could be a mm. happy song, a sad song, a, a determined song, you know, and very think type of song. Yeah. Um, that's, that's yeah. Music okay. in the background is, Low, is huge for me. Lo-fi beats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> old lady, you never listen? No. You, old lady oh Grace God. is asking for a recommendation. Well, I, I went through and still when I'm like trying to work or concentrate or be creative or whatever it is, I'm saying that I can't listen to vocals. Uh, so I listen to a tat a lot. Uh, but like, yeah, I love Rat-a-tat. But like the same like four songs of theirs on repeat, like an actual psychopath. And so I need Whoa. to expand my horizons a little bit. Is it that one that goes down, down? Yep. That's familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, you you you've definitely seen Lo-Fi Girl. Like it's it's uh it's like a girl studying and uh-huh. she's like this, like writing on her desk, and she's wearing like a cozy sweater, and the cat is on the windowsill wagging its tail. It's yeah. just this animation that's like infinite, like looping to infinity while yeah. like tracks play in the background. Mm-hmm. It's very cozy. It's very very okay. cozy. Def- highly recommend. Good to know. Um, all right, now hot take. Um, oh. Hot take for you on hustle culture and um, maintaining your own self care because I think you know being a creator and talking to a lot of creators, working online is uh, you know it's a dream. You get to kind of create your own business work life situation, but you can also get completely sucked into working 24 hours a day if you wanted to being constantly connected and constantly, you know, uh, checking in on things. So what's your opinion or thoughts around hustle culture? Yeah. What's that meme that, uh, just blew up recently where it's like, ah, I quit my nine to five so I could work 24 seven. Mm-hmm. I beat the system. It's like, yep. you're, you're no, you're just going a little crazy is what yeah. you're going. But, <laughs> um, I, I think setting, boundaries to yourself for yourself is, is, is really big. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I think this like whole hustle mentality really came into popularity right about the time when I started like blowing up like 2016, like no days off, like, you know, really, really fight for what you want. And I think there's parts of that, that I 
definitely was applying to, um, when I was on the come up and, and like, like really like working late into the night and getting a little sleep and, um, but that's, I'm thankful for that part of, of my life, but like, it's not sustainable, you know, especially as you get busier and there's just more days like that. It's cool to say like, I didn't get any sleep last night. I worked on a project and it's like a one-off sort of thing. Like maybe you do that like only once every few weeks, but if you got to do that every day, it's that turns into an unhealthy sort of um, routine that just really, you can't go on too long without you sacrificing other important areas of your, of your health and your relationships. So I think in recent years, especially this past year, because it just got so busy, like the bounce back after lockdowns. Yeah. um, I've really just had to delegate a lot. um, Mm. If you have the resources to do that. Um, I finally took some big steps in getting out of my own way and building a little bit of a team and saying like, okay, now we're able to get like 200% of the work done. Like, you know, with like, not, like killing yourself, yeah. like not driving your, your work and energy into the ground. Cause then everything suffers. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's, it really just takes like you evaluating where you're at in your career and in your journey and, and uh, like making sure everything's sort of like moving and staying healthy. And if there's anything that you think could be better, like explore, like who can help you, mm. you know, it could be your mom. Like my mom was just offering like, I, I really see you're busy with like emails and stuff. Like if you ever need help, like I could be your like assistant, like your mom assistant. And <laughs> your I was mom like, is, Dang. sounds like the greatest woman that's ever She's existed. <laughs> Catherine rocks, Catherine rocks. But we love Catherine. She, uh, she, she offered that. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's, it's going to be a busy like next few months. Maybe I do that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But like, it's, it's people are there to help you. Yeah. And you know, it, I'm sure they would love if you asked and yeah. oftentimes it's just getting out of your own way and maybe also letting go of your ego a little bit yeah. to be like, Hey, I need help on this. Like I just oh, can't, yeah. you know? And, and, and oftentimes I, from, from when I did that, everything falls into place once you kind of bring other people in. So that's, yeah. I think that's the balance. It's just having Huge. helping hands. That's a great answer. Um, I need to take that advice. I'm writing all of this down. <laughs> okay. I, I, I see you writing over there. I was like, Dang. Uh, yeah. I take notes. <laughs> Um, okay. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, you and I are going to work together to give uh, a listener a little piece of advice, uh, more than what you've already given all of us already. So we'll be right back with more. Not too deep. Okay, we're back in. Danny, you and I are going to work together to see if what we can come up with in terms of speaking of advice uh, for this lovely listener. They are saying that, Hi, I graduated recently and live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. It's always been my plan to work in the film industry, but the pandemic kind of threw me off my original plan of attack. How would you recommend getting started in the entertainment industry now? I have created content for my personal YouTube channel for five years and have, of course, started creating for TikTok as well, but I just feel so lost. Hmm. Yep. Yep. I feel like there's a lot of people in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. This is always a very difficult question to answer because everyone's path to whatever they deem as successful in their mind is unique and different. 
Um, so it's hard yeah. to give people advice on like, here's the blueprint of exactly how to do something. Well, I think she's already, do- she's doing what she should be doing, which yeah. is t- taking matters into her own hands. And TikTok has been huge for so many creators. Oh. Um, I was just out with a, um, another film school student mm-hmm. last night. Um, and I'm a huge fan of him. He blew up on TikTok. His name is Jake uh, Kranitz. Kranitz. Um, he's been making, uh, the super like memeable videos where it's like, when you actually accidentally say you two to the waiter, then the waiter has to like sit down and eat with you and all that. And he's like getting like 25 million views of video. So I was with him last night and I, uh, I asked him what his story was because he really just blew up super recently. And he was like, dude, like January, this past January, here he was, he just graduated film school. He went to SBA here in the city. Mm-hmm. and he was unemployed he was broke and he didn't have any jobs because it was still like covid heavy back then yeah and he started making tiktok videos and um you know they got some traction here and there but it wasn't until like um like may june when it just started fucking like getting these astronomical numbers 5 million views 10 million views wow. 25 million views and I asking him what his goals were now he wants to use um that sort of uh like those numbers and and the money he's he's go- going to be getting from it to yeah. fuel his short film projects and oh, like cool. make some movies and write some cool shit and like get involved use that as leverage I'm like dude genius like yeah. you you took what was a very unfortunate situation that I feel like a lot of people are in just graduated or stuck in college you know, like feeling like they have nothing else to, to go for. And it's, it's like COVID heavy. It's like, depending on where, where you're living, it's, if you're in the middle of bum, bumblefuck nowhere, it's like, yeah. damn, like that's a whole other level of like, you feel like, you know, maybe you're the odd one out. Like I did when I was living yeah. in suburbia, you know? So I think using the internet as the incredible tool that it is to just put shit out there just try ideas. It's yeah. a perfect time to experiment. It's, you're like, uh, people are like, ah, oh, damn, I have zero followers. It's like, perfect experiment. Like, yeah. you have no pressure to like conform. It's like, have fun with it, you know? And I think also reminding yourself to connect to whatever is your core driving force for creating. Um, like, it's always, to me, it's never going to be successful or fulfilling if you are creating for a following if you're creating for this idea of popularity or numbers or success Mm -hmm. like you have to be still authentically driven by wanting to make whatever the art is that you want to make and be okay if you know not 10 million people see it because if it does blow up and it does happen like it'll happen because people know that your authenticity is behind it. That like, this is something you genuinely want to make or you feel passionate about making in some capacity. I think because yeah. social media is everywhere all the time and we're bombarded with everyone's value systems on these number and algorithm scales that it's so easy to get uh, distracted by thinking that you need numbers to, to be successful in some capacity. Yeah, and it's a lot of, 
people thinking they should be doing that, that yeah. they look at that thing, whatever that is. And they're like, oh, it's working for this person. I'm going to do that. And it's like, totally you know, do you like, what are your ideas? Because it's the original ideas that mm-hmm. people are starving for. And that's what blew up with Jake. Like, there's a really good quote that I heard recently. And it's exactly what, what you're talking about, Grace, which is art is the risk of embarrassment. And mm. it's like, being creative is you risking like somebody saying something off color about it or it only getting three likes yep. or whatever. It, like it's art is, is risking embarrassment. And it's, I think it's, that was a Bob Ross quote too, right? <laughs> I really got to brush up because I'm just spitting Bob Ross facts. Everywhere. And, uh, it's uh, I heard that quote. I was like, dang, that's, beautiful and it's like we gotta we we gotta spread i guess bob ross already spread that around but it's like (laughs) (laughs) everybody has to know about this dude yeah no bob ross said it like a while ago um but that really sums it up into words because it's like you don't want to like uh make uh, like there's that innate feeling where it's like i don't know if i should make it like but it's like Mm -hmm. you know fucking make it like who cares what people think especially in the beginning just like yeah see what sticks to the wall you know just put shit out there you know that's what i did and i'm i'm so thankful that i did that like it it all worked out you know because i tried so many different things and yeah the the thing that you don't expect uh blows up and then becomes like oh shit (laughs) here it goes now's the time so just be ready um danny this has been so fun thank you so much for talking with us before we wrap up we like to give all of our guests a little token of our appreciation um and that is a personalized horoscope that we have created for you um yeah melissa's gonna put it in the chat for you if you are able to read that aloud for the class all right here we go okay dang I just make the Scorpio cutoff too. I'm October 24th. So oh, it's like go. right there. And then ah, dear Scorpio, Scorpion of the stars earlier this week, Mercury went direct in Libra and your privacy zone. Uh Oh, there may be important messages in your dreams over the next month. So pay close attention, especially if those dreams involve kissing hotties oh baby let's <gasps> go i love that i'm gonna get that tattooed on my back oh Dang. there you that go that was good that i mean was it's good it's in the stars so it must be true yeah, uh yeah that thank you for that i'm gonna like welcome. i'm gonna hang that on my wall i think <laughs> gonna, let me copy that let me copy that before the zoom <laughs> ends <laughs> uh danny where can people find you where can they get the book and everything that you're up to if they don't already know yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Coolman Coffee Dan. I'm on YouTube, Danny Casal. My book is available for pre-order right now at your special book dot store. So uh, definitely trying to increase the good vibes in the world a little bit once this book uh, hits shelves and um, Barnes and Noble and stuff October second. So it's all Sweet. it's all common. Awesome. Well, thank you again, guys. Go check out everything that he makes. It is truly. Just so delightful, so pleasant, so joyful, so sweet, so silly, all of the good things. Um, This was great. I could talk to you for another 17 hours and glean so much advice from you. Next episode, your mom will be here. It'll be We're going to bring Catherine on. Let's go. Catherine. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text her after this. Let's go. There you go. Well, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. 
Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 